Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Aligned with Paige Schmidt, helping you to become the you you want to be and feel calm while becoming her. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today and talk a little bit about intuitive eating and particularly why I am so glad I learned intuitive eating, why I'm so grateful for this journey. So to start, I want to talk about what my body image was like before intuitive eating. So growing up as a little girl, my body image was okay. And isn't it wild that yes, we do already have thoughts and we're developing a body image as young little kids. My first memory really thinking about my body as a young little girl was probably when I was five or six years old and I was camping with my family and my cousin, her friend, and myself took a photo in our bikinis in a tree. We were climbing up a tree. And I remember looking at that photo thinking, hmm, I wonder if I'm a little bit bigger than my cousin and her friend. It's so wild. I look back at that picture today and it just kind of blows my mind that that young, having that much fun, climbing a tree, being in a swimsuit, I was thinking about those things. But it also shows me that I was probably hearing those things be talked about, whether it was from my own family or friends or seeing it on TV. My mom used to watch soap operas, so maybe I heard it on a soap opera. Uh, But I already had thoughts about my body at that time. So my body image was okay. It wasn't really intense or anything. I would call it pretty neutral. I had thoughts, but then they would just go away and it was fine. I just thought that I was a little bit bigger than the other girls. No big deal, just a thought that I had. When I was about 13, I went on a camping trip, and in that camping trip, or on that camping trip, we were going down a river. If you've ever heard my story before, you have heard this part of my story. We were in inner inner tubes, I was in a two-piece bikini, and we were taking photos going down this river. Well, when I got home, I again looked through those photos and decided I'm not sure if I like my body and I wonder if there's something I can do about it. It was the first time that I had ever had that thought paired with I don't like my body. I wonder if there's something I can do about it. So I spent the entire next day in bed with my laptop. I went to CVS, got a binder, made spreadsheets, printed calendars. I hopped online and went crazy on Google searching how to lose weight. I think I did every single single thing that Google taught me all at once. And I lost a lot of weight very quickly, getting my body to such a low weight for my body that was so hard to maintain unless I was being incredibly, incredibly strict with what I was eating. Now, as I say that, I don't want to convey the message that if you start doing that today, that's exactly what will happen for you. 
So what you want to keep in mind is this was my first ever diet ever first ever diet, first time ever cutting calories. And so my body responded in weight loss as we go on through our life. And as I went on, it's important to know that each time we do that, our body learns to protect us, keep us safe, keep us alive, make sure we have enough fat on our bodies to be healthy and function. And when we do that, when we decrease our calories, our body's reaction is to increase our drive to eat, increase our hunger, makes sense, right? Make sure we're still getting enough calories and decrease our metabolism so that we're not burning as much. So each time you diet, it becomes harder and harder to lose weight and definitely becomes harder and harder to keep it off. And each time you regain that lost weight, I have heard, it's been said when I've looked through books, looked through studies that our bodies hold on to more weight each time. So I don't want you to hear that if you just restrict, you will lose a bunch of weight. But that is what happened to me when I was 13 on my first diet. And I dieted hard for the next six years. When I say hard, I mean every single day, all day long. I kept track of every morsel of food. I'm talking even a bite of food. I would go to my little calorie counter and dock off a number of calories. Even if I didn't know how many, my thought was if I'm going to take a bite of someone's food, I have to account for it. So if I want to try something, I have to take off at least 50 calories or whatever it might be. And I was so, so obsessed to the point where I took a Sharpie and wrote the word no on the top of both my hands so that when I was at school and I was going to the little snack line and getting ready to order a cookie, I would look at my hand and remember, no, don't do that. So I exercised this much willpower for six years. And of course, with that much willpower comes the other side of the pendulum where I would have insane binges and they were both so freeing and exhilarating and put me in a shame spiral at the same time. So thinking about the binge would be the most exciting thing in the world. So exhilarating. I could not wait to get home. I loved planning it. I loved planning what I was going to eat. I loved starting to eat, eating whatever I wanted, mixing things together. And then of course, once I was about halfway through the binge or three fourths of the way through, I started feeling guilty. And then that guilt made me feel shame. And then that shame would keep me stuck and just eating. And I would eat until I felt like I was ready to explode, swearing that the next day I would be better and eat super clean. And I almost always promised myself that that would be my last binge ever. And that was never, ever, ever once true. (laughs) My last binge ever, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what it was, but I can guarantee you that I had a different mindset about it. Instead, my mindset was, this will not be your last binge ever. That is always a lie. And if you are going to binge, just get calm first and then give yourself permission to do it. 
that is part of the equation of what allowed me to stop binging. And of course, feeding my body an adequate amount of nutrients, listening to my body, no longer controlling her. So in that time, in those six years that I was dieting so hard, I was constantly up and down in my weight, constantly obsessed with food. It's kind of mind blowing to me today that my current friends, which are not the friends I had in high school because we've moved around, we've met new people. I love my current friends so much. It's crazy to me that they don't know this side of me at all. They know a side of me who is relaxed about food (laughs) or I'm not restrictive at all, but I am so, so different than I used to be. My body image used to be all over the place. I was the girl that daily complained and made comments about her body out of insecurity. I focused on it so much. I obsessed over it. When we would go shopping, me and friends, I'd make comments. When we would get ready, I'd make comments. I was constantly saying things like, I feel so fat. I look so fat in hopes that my friends would say, you're not fat. You're not fat. But I focused on it so much. I focused on myself so much because this made me obsessed with myself, my own image. And so it was really hard for me to focus on other people and serve other people and be a really good listener because I was so obsessed with myself. That's just the honest truth of it when I look back. And I was never satisfied. So yes, I knew I was thin because I knew other people thought that I was thin, but I was also never satisfied. No matter how thin I got, or no matter how much I believed that being thin would leave me feeling happy and would satisfy me and help me kind of feel on top of the world and great about myself. And I'd live a good life. I have never thought about my body more than in that period when I was the lowest weight. I have never obsessed about her more. I have never been more dissatisfied with her than when I was at that lowest weight ever controlling her. And the thing is, even if I was, even if I did like my body, even if I was able to truly see and accept and even be glad about how thin I was, it still did not make me happy at all. It did not add happiness. If anything, it gave me more unhappiness because of the obsession. So I was constantly on a search for happiness, mostly in dating guys, having a crush on someone, getting attention from someone. My value, I didn't know my value. I did not know my value. I knew I was not happy, but I did not know what to do about it. So when I say that, if you would have encountered me in high school, my current thought is you probably would have thought that I was a pretty nice, pretty happy girl. However, inside my mind, the things that I struggled with and how much I focused on these obsessions, I was constantly searching for an answer outside of me, an answer of how to feel fulfilled, not just happy where I walk around and I smile at you and I'm nice to you, or I have fun, like deep 
fulfillment, actually being satisfied, which is how I now feel today. Today, when I go through hard times or hard things, I have hard emotions, I still know at my core that I am rooted, happy, have joy. I am committed to the things in my life. I have peace. My core, my foundation is solid. Before, my foundation felt like it had a big gaping hole in it. So enter intuitive eating in, I'd say 2010, 2011. I kind of accidentally discovered intuitive eating in 2010 when I started my relationship with God and I became a Christian and all my worries just kind of fell to the side for a while, for about a year. And I started eating more of what I wanted, having less rules, focusing on it less, not entirely less. I still focused on it a bit, it being dieting and controlling my body, but I did find some more freedom. Toward the end of that year, I started having some body image thoughts set back in, negative body image thoughts set back in. And I knew I did not want to go back to that place. I knew how unfulfilling it had been. So I got help. I reached out to a counselor. I reached out to a naturopath. They both helped me so much to get to a place, my naturopath in my body where I physically felt good. I knew what it was like to feel good in my body, to treat my body well, to care for her, to cook food that made her feel good, to move my body in ways that feel good, to take supplements and vitamins and sleep, to take care of my adrenal health, to reduce my stress. All of those things my naturopath helped me with. My counselor really helped me to release or start to start the process of, I should say, releasing myself from finding my identity and my value in the size of my body and helping me to see that this was never going to be a path that would leave me happy or satisfied. And that if I continued down it, I would still be coming into her office when I was 65, 70, 80 with the exact same issues. She said, unless you deal with this now, you will continue to have this same issue over and over and over. So I found intuitive eating, the book intuitive eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Reich. And at first I just had a bunch of hope. I was excited. It seemed to make sense to me. I wanted to listen to my body. I wanted to have this food freedom. I wanted to never diet again. I wanted to have this calm and peace around food. I wanted it so much. And at the same time, I really wondered if I would be the exception. Now in the book, they address that they encourage each of us that we will not be the exception. But of course, when you think you're the exception, you think you're the exception to that, even to that encouragement. So I did definitely worry that I would be the exception exception and that I was just too far gone, that I knew too much about how many calories were in things. I already focused on it too much. I couldn't really see how I would stop focusing on food. But let me tell you, over the years, 
my focus on food just continued to decline and decline and decline. And today, I can honestly tell you that I can't even fathom having the desire to binge. I cannot even fathom. The way my thoughts work about me binging now are, why would I do that? That sounds awful. It doesn't sound like I would get literally anything good out of it. It doesn't even sound like the food would taste good. That is how far removed I feel from that behavior with food today. If you would have asked me if I could have ever felt like that in 2010 or 11, I would have said no. I hoped that I wouldn't binge again because I knew the shame that it brought, but I still felt so attached to it, so controlled by it. I still felt it had so much power over me that I could have never imagined a life where I didn't have the desire to binge. Maybe I could see a life where I just didn't binge, but I could not imagine a life where I didn't have that desire. I literally do not have that desire. It does not appeal to me anymore. And the reason is, is because my body 100% knows she doesn't need a binge. She gets adequate amount of calories each day. I do not restrict foods. Even if I try and avoid certain foods, for example, currently I avoid dairy to try and help my daughter as I'm nursing and breastfeeding her and it seems to upset her and irritate her skin. So currently I'm avoiding dairy, but my mindset about it is not, I can't have dairy and let me focus on being dairy free and sitting on Pinterest and looking up a hundred dairy free recipes and making my whole life about being dairy free and labeling myself dairy free. It is not that it is this calm understanding that dairy doesn't serve her body. And in fact, it doesn't serve my body well either. I've found as I've removed some of it and this appreciation that I get to know that information and that reducing it helps both of us and that that feels great. And knowing that if I want dairy, I'm an adult. I can have it anytime that I want it. I just make a choice, one choice at a time. Say if we're out to dinner to say, no cheese on this, please. Or if I'm getting a coffee to ask, do you have oat milk? It's just this calm one choice at a time, making a decision that feels good, not going into drama about it, not ordering my coffee and thinking to myself, gosh, I wish I could have half and half. I'm so mad that I can't have half and half. It's so irritating that I can't have dairy. I just really wish that I could have dairy. I don't give that much power to it anymore because I know that it is my thoughts that create how I feel. So if I don't want to feel attached to food, I want to think thoughts that are kind of like no big deal. In order to do that though, I have to be biologically fed. I cannot be in a place of starving myself because if you're in a place of starving yourself or restricting or limiting your food, your body is trying to help you, kind of trying to save you, so to speak, and increasing your desire to eat, especially your desire to eat fatty, rich foods, because your body's trying to help you. So if you are in a place where you are so focused on food, ask yourself, are you restricting in any way? Even if it's mentally 
right? So much of this has to do with the mental game too. Are you depriving yourself mentally having thoughts like, I shouldn't be eating that food. I shouldn't be eating this. I can't eat that food. One day I'm not going to eat that food because that's all deprivation and our bodies will respond to that by increasing our drive to eat. So instead, we want to work toward getting calm around food, which if you need some calm around food, if you come and join us in Aligned Coaching today, you'll be able to log in to your own unique membership and go inside the membership site, click on intuitive eating. I have a bunch of courses by topic for you. You get to access all of them as a member. You'll click intuitive eating, and then you'll click to start your course calm around food. And there are eight lessons there. They're all audio. You listen to them. You talk with a friend about what you're learning. You really let those lessons soak in and change you. And you become someone who is calm around food. So that program is there for you in aligned coaching. If you need help with that. So when I first started intuitive eating, there was all the excitement about this could be so great. Could I really feel good in my body? And have this easy flowing relationship with food where I did not restrict things. I had permission to eat whatever I wanted, but I was also so calm about it. So there was excitement. And then there was the realization that it was going to be work and the realization that I was the one who had to change. So it's not like I could just learn something and push a button and be changed. I was the one who had to do the hard work of, for example, I used to have a guideline with myself that if I was going to eat a food that I was trying to create a good relationship with, for example, ice cream, I needed to do it in a calm environment where I felt calm and where I was sitting down at a table paying attention to the ice cream. Now, is that any longer a guideline of mine? No, I can go to Cold Stone and be walking down the street, chatting with five different friends and calmly and slowly eating ice cream. It does not trigger me, does not upset me, does not do anything in any sort of way other than give me a little bit of pleasure from the ice cream and it tastes great, right? But at that time, I was so terrified that if I gave myself permission to eat ice cream, that I would never stop eating ice cream literally that I would just never stop that I would want tubs and tubs and bowl after bowl every single day and that I would just never stop so it was important to me to recognize that I did have a difficult relationship with it that I was terrified to eat it and that when I was going to eat it I needed to care enough about myself to put it in a bowl make it really cute. I used to call these petite treats. I'd get a little bowl, put some ice cream in it. I would take the time to chop up roasted almonds, make it taste really good, drizzle those on top, maybe add fruit in, kind of do my old own um, cold stone thing at home where you mix in all the flavors, put it in a bowl, sit at the table, even get a cute little placemat out and slowly enjoy every single bite. Now, if you're listening and you're a mom and you have kids and you're thinking, I hardly even have time to make myself lunch. How am I going to be that slow about eating ice cream? Do it after they go to bed. Do it sometime when you have a babysitter. Do it 
when you get a free moment, make it just as important as you taking a shower and getting ready for the day. I know that might sound wild to give that much attention or create space to, for example, eat ice cream, but it's important to have those experiences where you're kind of filling up your trust bank. If you can look at it in that way, where you're, you're having an experience and you're saying, Whoa, I was able to eat ice cream and be satisfied and walk away and feel calm and remember no need to have any more. You already got the taste of it. You're satisfied. You can have ice cream the very next time you want it. No one's ever going to take it away from you. You're not even going to take it away from you. No longer are you allowed to make things off limits, right? This isn't going anywhere. Anytime that you actually want it, you can have ice cream. You want to start building up experiences, whether it's with ice cream or normalizing nachos and making nachos for dinner instead of having that as your binge food. You want to normalize those foods, have them be a regular part of your life. When I say regular part of your life, that doesn't mean that you're now going to, if you once binged on nachos, you're now going to eat nachos once a week for dinner. And that's going to be a regular part of your life by regular part of your life. I just mean that you need to be able to know that if you want nachos for dinner, you're allowed to make the best darn sheet pan of nachos that you have ever had and share them with your friends and family right? You are allowed. It's normal. It's neutral. You are allowed to go get fast food for dinner. If that is what you're craving, it's neutral, normal, calm instead. And we talk about this a little bit in the body image course. It's all about when we talk about listening to your body in that course, it's all about recognizing how you feel, how you want to feel and how things make you feel paying attention to that and making more choices from a place that honors wanting to feel good. So there was the work of intuitive eating. There was some freaky feelings of letting myself eat the things that I wanted. Literally, sometimes it felt like I was walking on a balancing beam, constantly feeling like, oh no, am I going to fall? Meaning I haven't had a binge in two months. What if I have a binge this week? What if I do have a binge? And I really had to work on reining those thoughts in and even getting calm about those thoughts because I recognized they were making me feel nervous and anxious. So I had to counteract those with thoughts like, it's fine. If you do, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. At least you've had one day at a time for the last two months days where you haven't binged and that's felt really good. And if you do have a binge, that's okay. We're not keeping track. This is not like tallying up, getting as far as you can, and then having to start over. This is just continuous. It felt like that for at least a couple years over those couple years, it kept getting a little bit more comfortable. My weight evened out. I got to my natural weight, which for me was higher than the weight I started at, but I knew I was at my natural weight because I was no longer losing and gaining a ton of weight. My body just kind of stayed. 
I used the example one time, I could go out and eat a hamburger and fries and my weight wouldn't change much the next day. Whereas when I was dieting and restricting, my body would hold on to that, like hold on to the the sodium from it, hold on to it so much, hold on to water weight. It would shock my body so much because I ate such low calorie food most of the time that I'd hop on the scale the next day and it'd be up five pounds. And of course that's not five pounds of fat. That's five pounds of water, but it, it, it shows, it shows in the scale. If your body's constantly doing these big fluctuations, if you're constantly losing weight, keeping it off for a couple months, then regaining weight, regaining more than you started, then doing it again, that's weight cycling. That's less healthy than just staying at a little bit of a higher weight consistently. Weight cycling is not good for us. So my weight maintained I then had to get used to a look of just looking healthy, just looking normal versus looking skinny. This may sound silly to some of you. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. I know you understand that when you're so used to getting comments of you're so skinny, what do you do? You're so thin. And that really stroking your ego when you get to a place of Paige, you look so much healthier. Oh, it's like, of course, that's such a nice, good comment. But in that moment, you're like, oh my God, all I just heard you say is that I gained weight. And now I'm not sure if you, if you like me anymore, if you look up to me anymore, if you think I'm doing a good job anymore, what do you think of me? When your weight is so wrapped up in your identity, like mine so deeply was, those kind of comments are really scary. It's like you have believed for so long that people like you because you are thin. And it sounds ridiculous as I say it, but I know in my core, I felt like I was more liked because I was thin. And then people start saying, oh, you're losing some of that. You're not as thin as you used to be. Even if they're trying to compliment you, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my life? What are people going to think of me? Everybody must be noticing. It's super scary. But I knew that I wanted to be in a place where I was healthy. So I kept reminding myself, Paige, this is what you want. You want to be in a place where you are healthy. And I had to decide for myself that health is a good thing. I got to a place where I realized being skinny is not going to make me happy ever. Being healthy will add to my happiness because I will be focused on feeling good. Now, some of you may have a story where you were so focused on health at one point and that left you feeling unhappy. So the thought being healthy will add to my happiness or will bring happiness might not be true for every single person. That thought might not be true. So choose your own thoughts here around what will actually help you feel better. Um, we, we all have different thoughts that work for us. So as I went on, my relationship with food got more normal. My relationship with my body just became easier, less important. There was less obsession over needing to be perfect, whatever perfect looked like in my eyes at that time, and more just taking care of myself and wanting to feel good. I have, I gave myself then, and I still have permission today from myself 
to make decisions that feel good. I give myself permission. Yes, Paige, you have permission to want to feel good. Yes, Paige, you have permission to make choices that leave you feeling good. I think that's so important because I think one thing people can get confused with in the intuitive eating world is that it's just all about permission and you don't have permission to make choices that leave you feeling good. Instead, you only have permission to eat what sounds good to you mentally. So if you see a whole box of C's candy and that looks good to you, if you're an intuitive eater, you should just eat the whole box of C's candy because it looks good to you, right? But that's not really what intuitive eating is. It's permission. This is just a nutshell version of intuitive eating. It's permission to eat that whole box of candy if you want to. And then being able to check in with yourself and say, sure, I can totally have that whole box of candy if I want to. What would feel good for me? Knowing I can have as much chocolate as I want. I have access to it. I could go in and buy that whole store if I want to. Even if I don't have the money, I could put it on a credit card, right? Taking it to that place. I have permission to do this. Now, knowing that there aren't any limitations or restrictions, what would leave me feeling good? What, le- what choice would I like to make, right? Intuitive eating has allowed me to be so calm around food, so consistent with food, meaning there's no more crazy up and downs. There's not tons of emotion around food. There is in the sense that I can take a bite of something and smile and get happy and say, this tastes so good, right? I have an appreciation for food. I still love food, but there's no more feeling like food has power over me. And let me tell you, if that is possible for me, it is also possible for you. You are not the exception. And if your brain is trying to convince you that you really might be, that is a lie. It is a flat out lie trying to keep you from the freedom that is available to you. I promise you that you are not the exception. So if you want to heal your relationship with food, if you ask yourself, do I want to become an intuitive eater? And the answer is yes. You are holding yourself back by believing that lie. It is a lie. It is not the truth. You are not the exception. You can be an intuitive eater. Even if you have food allergies, even if you are pregnant, even if you are trying to become pregnant and you're on all kinds of hormones through something like IVF, even if you are working through something like IBS, Even if you're trying to figure out what your food allergies are, you can be an intuitive eater through all of that. Intuitive eating to me means slowing down enough to pay attention to what feels good, trying to listen to your body more, trying to let her lead and help you make choices around what you should eat, even if it feels weird and foreign to you. For example, if you're used to only letting yourself have one piece of bread a day, you may start eating intuitively and learn that you want carbs at every single meal. And that may feel a little bit foreign to you. But if you trust your body and let her lead, she will show you, she will let you know what feels good. 
you can pay attention to the re- pay attention to the result of okay i had some bread i'm going to assume that it will leave me feeling good because i don't want to um you know have that placebo effect of i'm telling myself it's not going to leave me feeling good therefore i don't feel good after i eat it we want to just assume that things unless we know we have a clear allergic reaction to them we want to just assume they're going to leave us feeling good and then if they don't we get to learn from that no judgment no i shouldn't have eaten that we just get to learn it's all a learning journey so the other thing intuitive eating has done for me is i am also able to actually feel and process my emotions i can have a really hard day and talk to my girlfriends about it and say, this is really hard. This is really frustrating me. This is what's going on. They can say, I've experienced that too. That is really hard. I'm sorry. That sucks. And I can just process it instead of having to stuff it, not wanting to feel it, being annoyed that that emotion is even there and just wishing the feeling away by stuffing my face with food, which I definitely did before. One of my favorite binge items was a bowl of ice cream, and I would take honey bunches of oats, pour it over the top of the cereal-sized bowl of ice cream, crunch it all up like vanilla ice cream with honey bunches of oats, crush it all up, sit there and eat it while I was doing something else, like while I was studying while I was watching TV, right? And I would just go bowl after bowl after bowl. And of course felt super sick every single time, but there was exhilaration in the knowing that I was just giving myself a moment to not have any rules around food. And that felt so good. Of course, nothing else about the binge felt good. I felt ashamed. I felt sick. I swore up and down to be good the next day. So I felt obsessed, but the moment of just let getting to let go of the rules felt good. That's what the binges were doing for me. Were giving me this outlet, this way to just be, to just do what I wanted to not have the rules. And for a lot of us, that's what alcohol can be as well. And in aligned coaching within this next month, probably June or July, I will be teaching a class on alcohol where we talk about the relationship with alcohol we want to have, where we talk about alcohol and intuitive eating. Um, and we, we just workshop around it. Women come to this class. I support them in really understanding what place they want alcohol to have in their life, if any, and we'll get to talk about that too. So the last thing I want to share is how grateful I am for intuitive eating. Now that I have my daughter, Sayla, I have never felt so thankful that I started this journey of re-listening to simply listen to my body 11 years ago. I look at Sayla today and see how instinctual it is for her and intuitive to listen to her body. 
If she's hungry, she cries. She shows exact signs of hunger. She opens her mouth. She sticks her fist to her mouth. I call her little bird. She looks like a little bird when she's hungry, opening up her mouth, looking, you know, wobbling her head, looking like she's looking for food. And when she's full and I'm nursing her, she pulls back. She pulls her head back. She lets me know that she's done. And she repeats that throughout the day. And so we are all born intuitively eating. We are all born as intuitive eaters. So we are just returning to that place, returning to what is normal for us. You're not learning something that is outside of you. You are reconnecting to all of your own signals. And sometimes you really need support to do that because you have learned so much about how to not listen to your signals. For example, you may have learned don't have one more, more than one banana in a day. Don't have more than uh, one slice of bread a day. Don't eat after 7 p.m. Wait this long to eat between meals. Only eat this many calories. We have learned so many rules about what we should or shouldn't eat. And we're so used to following those things, counting our calories, counting our macros, that we've kind of lost touch with what actually feels good for us. So it's just a relearning and it's pretty amazing and empowering to see that you can get to this place where your body really does just let you know what it needs. It lets you know what you don't need. It lets you know when to stop eating something that doesn't feel good. It lets you know, um, when it has a craving, it's just incredible. It's pretty cool. So just know that if you're interested in intuitive eating, intuitive eating is a way to show you how to listen to your own body. You're born with that. It's just returning to that and know that you can feel good. You can be an intuitive eater and feel good. That is the goal. Food is not something that distracts me anymore. I get to be present with Sayla. I feel like I can be a great example for her. I like the example that I get to be for her. And I like that feeling of liking the example I get to be for her. I am no longer the friend that is obsessed with myself and being my thinnest and my looks. And I'm so okay with that. I'm so thankful for that. It is so freeing. And I can honestly tell you that I like myself. I like my body. I like that. I like myself. I am not obsessed with myself. (laughs) It's just a neutral. Yeah, I'm happy to be me. And I do not hate my body and I do not beat myself up. I support myself. I like myself. I like that. I like myself. I like that I get to focus on other things that are important to me, like my daughter, like my marriage, and not just having a mediocre marriage, having a great marriage. When Marco and I have a hard time, or we get into an argument, or we disagree with something, I like that I sometimes takes me a couple days, but can get to the place of being able to say, you know what, Marco, I care about having a really great marriage with you. And so even though we sucked a couple days ago at communicating and we weren't getting along, I want to learn to do better. I want to 
I want to care about this. This is something I value having a good relationship with you. So let's work on this together. I like that. I have the space to do that. I would not have the space to do that if I was completely obsessed in the way that I used to be with food in my body. I like that I have the space to teach and focus on my business. I like that I can listen to friends when they talk. I love that I have the space to have a relationship with God. I love that I have the mental space to remember to stop and pray and ask for his help. Before, again, same story, when I was so focused on myself, I was always focused on what should I do to fix this. Now I have more space to remember, okay, it's not all up to me to fix this. I need to surrender this area. I need to ask God for help. I love that. Intuitive eating ultimately has cleared away all of the stuff that didn't matter at all, but that I was using to feel some semblance of control in my life to now having a life that I truly feel is full of the meat, the good stuff, the stuff that I want, even if, or even though, not if, it also comes with hard. I love the the stuff that I have in my life, the choices that I've made to get to where I want to be, and I couldn't have done that without having this clear mind, this space to make decisions, this space to trust myself, which again, in Aligned Coaching this year, there will also be a course on not just intuitive eating, but intuitive living and making decisions that are in line with your intuition, life decisions, listening to yourself, getting to know your instincts, your desires, stepping into that next version of yourself that you feel is kind of emerging right now, taking the steps to really become her. We do all of this in aligned coaching. So if you haven't joined us yet, you should come and join us. I don't say should very often, (laughs) but I would love to have you come and join us. I hope you have a great week. I will see you here again next week. Who is your coach? If you don't have one, I'd love to be yours. If you're ready to take what you're learning on this podcast to the next level and apply it to your life, come check out Aligned Coaching. Coaching with me, where we will address challenges, work toward your goals, and you will have a safe space to grow into the you you want to be. We have group coaching calls, written coaching, where you can submit a question anytime, and Zoom hangouts to connect with other women in the community. We also have hours of courses and content that I've created just for you. Come join us at pageschmidt.com forward slash coaching.